0: Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the LaughSpin podcast. My name is Dylan Gadina and I'm the founder and editor of LaughSpin.com, a place online where you hopefully go for all your comedy news, and not just comedy news, but also exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in comedy, the best video clips, reviews, and so much more, ladies and gentlemen. What we do on the Laughspin podcast each week, myself and co host Mike deliver you comedy news ripped from laughspin.com. And we also listen to new comedian clips from television or from new releases. And sometimes we give you guys a special interview episode, and that's what we have for you here. Our guest on this episode of the Laugh Spin podcast is comedian Tom Papa, who's been one of my favorite comedians for very many years. But before we get to the interview, I'm pleased, very pleased, to let you know that this episode of the Laugh Spin podcast is brought to you by TiVo, the one and only. Why am I pleased? Well, because TiVo is a stellar product, ladies and gentlemen. I think because there's so many DVRs on the market right now, we tend to forget that TiVo started it all. And not only did they start it all, but they, 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 they've they gotten better. And in my opinion, they far surpassed the other offerings out there. I know uh, I know this because the DVR that came with my cable package is total crap, which is why I'm now in the process of switching over to TiVo. Uh, one of the things I love about TiVo uh, is that it, it lets you watch your shows wherever you are. They have something called TiVo Stream where you can watch your shows on an iPad all over your house, and you can even transfer whatever you recorded and take them with you. In fact, if you listen to last episode, Mike uh, had mentioned that he was going on his honeymoon to Ireland, and he's going he's going to do just that. He's going to record a bunch of shit and, and transfer it onto his iPad. And then bring them to Ireland, where he'll probably drink so much he'll end up vomiting on his iPad and not even remember what it is he's he's watching. But the point is, is he can do it, whether he he uh, he uh, remembers or not. Another cool thing about Tivo that that I wanted to mention is that it, it treats online services like YouTube and Amazon and Hulu Plus like regular networks, so it'll automatically search them just like it would regular television networks and if you already have a TiVo you can get something called a TiVo mini and instead of getting an entirely new TiVo you just get this TiVo mini and you could slap that thing right on another television from up to 35,000 feet away and you've got TiVo working on two networks now because you're listening to the Laugh Spin Podcast I have a good deal for you guys if you go to TiVo.com you can get $25 off a new TiVo Premiere A P4 or an XL4 DVR. If you use the promo code, and this is important, you have to use the promo code ATC. Uh, That's ATC for All Things Comedy, which is our lovely podcast network. And that code is set to expire on November 1st, 2013. So back to Tom Papa. Tom Papa, to me, to borrow a term from the sports world, he's like a utility comedian. He can basically do it all and he does it all very very well. If you've ever seen him live or if you've seen his special, uh, his, his special from 2011 live in New York City, uh, you you already know this. He's a master joke writer. He knows how to tell a story. his pacing is tops, his delivery is impeccable. And while a lot of his material revolves around the simple things, you know, marriage, kids, just going about your day-to-day life, there's a slightly twisted undertone to it all, in my opinion, and 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 I love that. And the reason I'm talking to Tom uh, in this episode is his latest hour-long special. It's called Freaked Out. It's even better than his last. It premieres July 26th at 10 p.m. Eastern on Epix. Or if you don't have Epix, you could stream it at epixhd.com. Again, July 26th at 10 p.m. Eastern. It's called Freaked Out Tom Papa on Epix or epixhd.com. I was actually at the taping of the special, so I could tell you firsthand that you're in for a treat. So, without further exposition enjoy my interview with Tom Papa. So, um, yeah, I'm going to stand up and do the interview like this. Yeah. Like, you're like, you're this eldest. is, this is nice. This is, I might
0: be a little nasally in coffee, but it's just an allergy.
1: What kind of allergies you got, buddy?
0: I don't know. Something got me the last couple days.
1: It's no fun, Tom. It's all right. We'll get through it. We'll get through We'll get through it together. We're hard workers. Um, so um, I was talking uh, just before I hit record, I was talking about how lovely uh, the new special actually looks aesthetically, it looks like no other stand up comedy special i 've i 've seen yeah it's um, it 's bright yeah, but not like gaudy the colors I'm I'm a sucker for colors I'm like I'm like a I'm like a five-year-old I see colors I'm like oh my god that's so nice
0: (laughs) um yeah it doesn't look like any stand-up special you've ever seen it does look like some game shows you've seen yeah a little gong show to it there's a little Donnie Marie to it yeah there's a little uh Vegas to it yeah yeah we wanted it to be really different you know the last when we did live in New York City uh Rob Zombie and I really wanted to make it sparse. Yeah. So we just blacked out everything and we just had the red curtain, single spotlight, and it was just very purely just about the guy on stage talking. And, you know, two years later, we're like, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with this? And we were like, we both kind of had this similar thing where we got tired of people not caring Mm -hmm. Or at least the production looking like it's not caring. The people care, of course. Right. They wouldn't be doing it. But, you know, so we said, let's make it showbiz. Let's, Let's rock it out. I mean, there's... Why not? If you wait your whole life, you watch these crazy people on stage doing really flamboyant, fun things. Why can't we do that? Right. And it is a little you know a lot of comedy isn't presented that way but we're like let's just have fun with it let's blow it out and make it a show yeah let's enjoy, let's embrace show business let's embrace the people have been dumb enough to give us money and <laughs> let's spend it <laughs> so we really just designed this really fun fun space and got dancing girls. <laughs> yeah, that was
1: uh, that, that, that was a li- I, I, I mean, it was it was a great it was a great touch. Uh, I attended this. I attended the uh, special with my niece, who is sixteen years old. Who is uh, I love it. She's the only person I know that actually loves comedy who's who i don 't work with on, on the website so right i 'm always very excited to bring her to to quality shows i I cherry pick shows i 'm like, this is somebody you should see right and so we've been to a few shows so that was you know uh, the, the dancing the scantily clad dancing girls came out and i'm like, ah, this is a little awkward here I am <laughs> with my like why did it feel sexual I, well, the dancing girls yeah. i mean I, Cause it's, cause it's... I don't know. I'm I'm a dude who likes girls, and there was like a dozen <laughs> scantily clad, super hot girls dancing. So, I guess because I'm, twist, am I twisted for making that sexual tone? No,
0: not at all. No, but I was just thinking because, you know, my wife used, danced when before she was a comedian, and to us it's just it's just part of show business and it's like yeah of course there's a sexy part to it. that's what they're doing right but they're also dancing and they're just it's oh, part of the show and there's glitter and there's all this oh absolutely so, I, I mean i really didn't think about what the end result would be i was just like we got to get dancing girls and put them in the beginning of the show and then then you start seeing people's reaction i'm only asking because i want to see what your <laughs> feedback is because one one friend was like man that was awesome you should have had them come out in the middle of the set and dance some more and then another a couple girls were cool there, but one girl was offended by it so it's it's kind of interesting to, to yeah see. i think you the big thing is like you said you go to a stand-up show you don't expect it right you do expect it if you're going to see uh you know something in vegas at some cabaret right right <laughs> I mean, I certainly wasn't.
1: Uh, it was. It just. I. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Because I was. How'd like, she like the show? The sixteen. She. She loved it. I mean, she's. She's still. She. She's super excited about. Uh, you know, these these new experiences and seeing yeah. comedians and she's like the only one who's impressed because she watches The Daily Show a lot, so right. I'll say like, oh, I you know, I, I talked to Al Madrigal and so she right. actually like knows who that is and, yeah, so, yeah. you know, usually it's like, I, yeah. I, t- I tell my friends and they're like, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> right? If, he, if he's
0: not in the Yankees I don't really. No, it's good when people are, because <laughs> that's what's fun about being in all of this is that you forget, you know, you, you forget that to regular people with jobs and they just watch TV and they don't—they're not around it all the time. It is pretty special and it's pretty awesome. unique to actually sit down with Al or run into Colbert or whatever. It's like you forget. It's like oh, like because I have nephews and it's the same thing. It's like when they hear, they're like, "Wait, you were with who?" Right. Like just at the cellar the other night, I, I ran into uh, John Stamos and um, uh, Bob Saget. Oh right, because they were they, in, they were, at, the, were
1: there, They were at the Rickles thing. Yeah, they're doing yeah.
0: Rickles roast. And, uh, so I just ran into him. I know, I know, uh, Saget, but I met John and then just hustled home cause it was, I had to get back. And, uh, the next morning to tell my kids who are now watching full house, yeah, yeah. cause it's now a new generation is watching it. They were like, what, who did you meet? <laughs> and it's cool. It's exciting. You forget how exciting that stuff is for people. You know? Yeah.
1: You start, I start getting a little, start getting a little jaded. Um, you know, I, um, Every summer we have uh, uh, interns, uh, yeah. Laughspin, you know, the college kids who get in credit for writing. And they'll say, um, oh, you know, Mike Birbigley is playing at the Bell House. And, like, they're, like, excited about yeah. it. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, I know. Like, I know. He's, you know, that's what he does. Yeah, it's Mike. And, like, uh, but it's, uh, like, I forget.
0: Yeah. That and it's good. And also, to be honest, I was impressed meeting John Stamos. Yeah. I was excited Of course you were yeah, Right? It's John Stamos I've watched, I watched my whole life This guy on TV It's cool to run into him Of course Take his hand
1: And his, I'm sure he's a nice guy
0: What an asshole I know <laughs> Yeah, he was great He was sweet <laughs> um, He,
1: yeah And speaking of uh, running uh, I mean, you, I got to Because of you I, I shook Matt Damon's hand and, and that was that was huge for me because it's a big one. I don't I don't really I, I don't go gaga over celebrities, but yeah, he's a guy that me and my wife like are obsessed with the Bourne movies Like we almost gave our second kid the middle name of Jason or <laughs> David because of course David is Jason Bourne's real yeah. uh, birth name uh, and we've done it before my first kid's name middle name is Wesley From uh, the main character in the Princess Bride. So we oh, really yeah, oh, so we're great. so we're idiots <laughs> But, yeah, that, no, but that, but that
0: was a thrill. Yeah, Matt is a uh, Matt is a huge movie star. Like I did two films with him, and we've become friends and hang out and stuff. And you know, you don't ever forget this is a movie star, but you do forget because, and in some level, because you're just hanging out. And yeah. He just becomes Matt and his wife, and we hang out and whatever. But then you're at home and you're just flipping through the channels. <laughs> like yesterday, I flipped through the channels. There was literally. Contagion, yeah. We Bought a Zoo, a Bourne movie, and something else. I mean, four blockbuster-ass right. movies that he's the star of. I mean, it's really pretty insane. Yeah. He's, he's, I mean, he's one of the biggest stars we have. Yeah. And he was so nice to come down and do my radio show at the Village Underground.
1: Yeah, that was <laughs> – and
0: that, that's something I wanted to talk about because
1: I think – It's such a unique... um, So, Tom, uh, for you listeners who might not be aware, Tom does this radio show for SiriusXM. Right. Uh, It's called Come to Papa. Yeah. And it is an old-school radio show. And what that means is Tom scripts an entire show, like, with a through line, with a theme. uh, And it's intercut with a great uh, jazz band, with stand-up comedy... Um, but by and large, it's, it's, it's a scripted. Yeah. And you see these awesome comedians on stage reading from a script that they just got what like a few hours ago or that
0: day or do you guys rehearse? If it's a big scene, I'll send it to them the night before. Uh, but they come in an hour before we just run it once just so we can stand there and say it out loud. Right. And then, uh, and then they come out and do it for the audience. Yeah. And, uh, it's. It's a blast. I really I really love doing it. And it's it's one of these things that's purely I'm just doing because I like it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what it's going to become and what I'm going to do with it. But it's just this purely... And it keeps getting better and better, yeah. which is cool. I really like, like... I'm a big fan of Garrison Keillor. Mm-hmm. Prairie Home Companion. Mm-hmm. And he... But he's a humorist. And I love him and he's meaningful. And it's very unique to his voice out of Minnesota and... And I always thought, what would it be like to do a, a classic radio show but in the hands of comedians? Right. Because these guys aren't humorous. These are killers. Right. These are people that, when they're on stage, it's life or death for them to get a laugh. And I, so I figured, let me, let me have stand-ups in, in between instead of like music, mm-hmm. and then let me have these comics be the ones acting in this stuff. And it really, it worked out perfectly because I write the whole thing. It's like a 45-page script average. And I write it, the whole thing, which is two monologues, one in the beginning, one in the end, and then a bunch of scenes in in between. And I get it as good as I can. I make it really as strong as I can. And then I know, and this is the best part, is you walk into that club and you hand the script to Amy Schumer. And... Greer Barnes and Rick Crome and Al Madrigal and John Mulaney, and the script is going to be better. Right. By the time they say it on the radio, what I've done is going to be that much better. It's going to be... It's impossible for it not to be. Yeah. Because these guys will not stop. Kurt Metzger was on, and he was just... He said a line, and it didn't get a laugh, and just blurted out two lines until he got a laugh and then we go on to the next, to the next couplet. It's, it really is a blast.
1: Yeah. And it's funny, you you mentioned that you don't know, you know, you're doing it just for, you, this is something you, you just genuinely like and that's why you do it. You don't yeah. know what's going to become of it. And I was actually going to ask, it, you know, is this is this a television show? Like, I don't know. You tell me. I, I mean, I, I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I obviously think it, it would be an awesome television show. Yeah. I, I could sure. I could see it on. Uh, you know, I mean, the shows. I mean, if you look at Comedy Central's programming, I mean, obviously there's there's other networks that that could that could run it. But if the the shows have really become these communal. Comedy shows where sure, there's a, there's a star yeah. of the show, yeah. but I don't know if it's because of budget reasons or because of social media the way it is, there's always so much support, like you look at like Anthony Jesselnick's show, sure it's him, but it's like a, like how many comedians popped up on that show right. Amy Schumer's show, right. great show, but every, every episode there's a million, million comedians yeah. and so like, I feel like this is like right in line with what people love. Will
0: people want to watch? What you watch when you're there? People the reading. World. Yeah,
1: I find it interesting. Yeah, uh, I've, I've, you know, we've, we've, we've seen a million scripted shows. We've seen a million, you know, allegedly unscripted shows. Yeah. Um, how about a scripted show where people are literally reading the script? <laughs>
0: right. And the cool thing too uh, is that you could you see them do the scene and holding it, but then you also see when we break out of it. Yeah. Then you also see those moments that are very real, like. When you're in between doing the this, this scripted stuff? Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely could be, could be something. But I really... <laughs> I fe- I'm, I'm treating this the way I do my stand-up, which I always have, which is I'm in no rush. Right. And because I know by the time they show up to ask me about what I want to do with it, or how, it's going to be that much stronger. Because I work at it and love it, so I'm going to constantly do it. And right. it, It's like pulling a rubber band back, and it's like it's, I'm just going to keep pulling it back and pulling it back and pulling it back. And then if it, and I had this philosophy early when I was trying to get on Latterman, or trying to get on Tonight Show, it wasn't happening yet. And I was like, and someone had told me just if they come around next time, you're going to be that much better. Right. Think about how good your spot will be when they actually put you on. And that's what happened. So I kind of feel the same way with the radio show. Yeah. Like, all right, I'm just going to be, turn this into a monster where you can't say no to it. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see what happens. But for now, the trick is I'm going to be in L.A. a lot this, over the next year. and So now I'm going to do a West Coast version of it.
1: Because uh, I have a lot of friends
0: out there that I'm excited to use. Oh, that's
1: true. There's a whole other
0: crop of talent. Yeah, exactly. Now I just got to find the right venue and the right bands Because this band that I use, uh, this guy, Elio Alves and uh the drummer teary uh, elio's a piano player these guys are you know they're world-renowned jazz musicians yeah and uh they're just happy to do it it's fun for them to be around comedy and stuff and they're literally you know these people they play every major place yeah you had mentioned that last we have guys show. in there and it just creates you know a real classy vibe for it so uh i gotta find the, the duplicate for la
1: yeah no it's it's a it's a it's a great touch. I love the fact that you break, like, in the middle and just, like, let them play and... and yeah, it's, give them uh, their own shot. It's really... Um, <laughs> it's really... It's like a... It's a cool night out, especially... Yeah. I mean, for someone like me who's, you know... Who, who sees a lot of shows. Yeah. This is... It's it's a, it's a yeah. new... It's a new thing. And um, I think also it, it's great because... Um, I think it would it attracts not just hardcore stand up fans, yeah. but people who might not otherwise go see Amy Schumer or or, yeah. or know who John Mulaney is, even though he's yeah. you know a monster in in the comedy world. Yeah. It's like it's just like a cool night out. I feel like everybody should be like in suits and like <laughs> yeah, and
0: you get to meet Matt Damon.
1: And you get to meet Matt Damon every show, <laughs> right? You guarantee that
0: every single every
1: show you may meet what was Matt great? Damon. He
0: came to like one of the first ones. He came to the, the first oh, really? or second one when I really didn't know what I was doing. And it was half full, and nobody knew it, what it was. And he got excited about it. He's like, this would be hilarious, and you should build it, and you should get me or someone else, and pack the place. And So then six months later, I'm like, all right, you want to do it? And he, I, to his credit, he's such a great guy. He was just like, yeah, I'm in. I'm like, just tell me, write you in, write you out. Do you want to stay at home, do you whatever, whatever? I don't care. Right. Write me in. All right, great. So we got him in two scenes. And- it was awesome. Yeah, it was. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he'll help me get some, uh, some other big people like maybe Colin Quinn or Robert Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'll do it now that <laughs> Matt did it.
1: I think if you get those two, I think it'll, uh, I think people will start to notice your little show.
0: Then, you, can't, then you, you really can't even try and keep it off TV.
1: No. I mean, I think Colin has proven that he can produce... <laughs> <laughs> excellent television <laughs> that networks uh, will want to cancel immediately. Exactly. That he's, show is great. He's, he's great at six shows and out. Get it off. Get it off. It's too good. Um, yeah, well, it's... For the coughing. It's no, no. The coughing is good. It's organic. It's yeah, it's it, real. It, it's what we want. This is raw laugh spin. This is <laughs> this is raw laugh spin. <laughs> um, so uh, so the special is coming out on uh, on Epics. So that's yes. that's how did you Epics to Netflix? Epics to Netflix. That yeah. seems to be uh, the the a, root. a very popular model. I hear nothing but good things about Epics. Yeah. And Netflix, mostly because I hear they have lots of money. Yeah, and uh, they also and they, they 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 keep their hands off to a certain extent, right? I mean, they they let you
0: yeah, they really put it put it elsewhere. Yeah, and uh, they're really solid creatively. They would just leave you alone and really support you. And they're really good with promotion, like getting out and promoting the thing. Yeah, and then uh, you know, I think, and then you go over to Netflix, which has a real loyal following. And uh, you know, when my last special went from Comedy Central to Netflix, it was like a real bump once it hit netflix because people are digesting a lot of comedy over there
1: yeah i uh i actually i just watched your old special on oh yeah old i called it was it it was uh it was good you mean how oh. was it yeah did you on netflix
0: it was the yeah was it a different experience because it was on netflix where did you feel like wow this is, i feel like i'm watching a good special but i'm also part of the future
1: it, yes, I had a. I wore tinfoil. Uh, it, it was a good experience. I, honestly, I don't even know if I ever want because I'm I'm an album purist. I love comedy albums. Yeah, that's how I really love to digest
0: comedy. That's a better way to do it.
1: Yeah, I think I think it is. So I, I don't think I ever even saw like saw, watched the special. I, I I think it was the first time. Oh wow. But I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm like, this is what I heard yeah. on my in my ears. <laughs> right. But that's Tom. That's Tom, Tom talking. Try not to sweat. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, it was a good experience. So Rob, so this is the second time Rob uh, Rob directed that one. Yeah. And also this one. Yeah. Um, which, again, looks outstanding And you, but you, when did How did you um, initially meet Rob? Because you think Tom Papa, you don't right. You know, you don't initially think Yeah, right. he's probably buddies he's with Rob metal. Zombie Tom's metal
0: <laughs> uh, I met Rob through Mutual friends in, uh, in LA Pete Goldfinger He actually texted me, he said, because I get asked This question a lot, and he said, the answer is Pete Goldfinger, whenever someone asks you Just say Pete Goldfinger And he is my friend who brought Rob to a stand-up show. Uh And he thought I was funny. And then we were at Pete Goldfinger's wedding in Massachusetts. So we were in from L.A. And we were both, Rob and I were just those two guys sitting on the porch. Like, (laughs) I don't want to talk to any more relatives. Right. And we just hung out and really just kind of hit it off and became friendly. And he creatively was doing... uh, this animated feature that he had an idea for. And he thought it was like a, for a big Mexican wrestler (laughs) now, like a former superhero professional wrestler. Now he's kind of a drug addict, just partying, living off his minor celebrity.
1: El Super Bisto, (laughs) correct? El Super Bisto. And he's
0: like, I would love for you to be the voice of that. (laughs) Because it was kind of like, if I could, you know, my voice would be funny in that character. And then he ran into problems writing it. Something happened with whoever was lined up to do it. So we spent a summer. He asked, Could you want to write it together? So the two of us spent a summer in his house just writing the script, which was just hilarious and a blast and had a great time. And it, the project ended up taking like three years. Yeah. Rosario Dawson's in it and Paul Giamatti and all these really cool people, Danny Trejo. And uh, it's just an insane, like my nephews love it. It's made for it's nudity, <laughs> profanity. It's everything I don't do in my right, the rest right. of my creative life. I did it in an animated form with Rob, and uh, we just had a blast. We just and Rob's a big he's a big comedy fan and you know hard worker and uh, and a rock star. So it's, he's fun to hang out with. And then we, when I was looking for a director for my first special, it was around the time we were doing this, and I was just kind of talking out loud, and he jumped on it. it was yeah. Like, let's do it you know and we and he was getting he's a big comedy fan and he was just getting tired of just seeing specials that all kind of looked the same right and that had the same kind of like audience shots and back to the thing and it was just seemed a little formulaic and he in his it, to his credit he was like well what's these are supposed to be films you're supposed to this is your special this is you've done a lot of work on this and this should be like a film. You didn't look at Richard Pryor or George Carlin as these little specials. You looked at them as movies. Yeah. So let's make a movie. Let's make that. Yeah. And that's been our philosophy for the last two.
1: Yeah. No, it's good. And, in, 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 he, you know, he, he makes a really good point. Um, and I think part of that is, you know, in Pryor's day or, you know, Carlin's early days, um, people weren't cranking specials out left and right. Now it's, it's like... Know. I mean, not to belittle uh, no, can, the, the can. concept of, a, of an hour-long stand-up comedy special. Yeah. And it's great, and it's great because it means more people are embracing comedy and there's a market for it, but sure. there, I, is, yeah. there is so, so, like, so many there's more specials.
0: Much. There's too much. It's not too much. I, I really believe that it, a lot of it is too early because, look, when I, when I was growing up, I had a, a handful of comedy albums. You know, I had... Bill Cosby and I had George Carlin and I had Steve Martin. And these things were uh, unique and powerful for a reason. Yeah. Because they didn't crank one out every year. Yeah. This was their body of work. And then when they were later in their career, like Carlin later in his career would put out more. But there was a, these things were, and so I was super, super patient with my stand up. I was like, well, when I'm good enough, people to come and ask for an album that's when i'll do the album right and this was at the emergence of people being able to just bang them out on their own and make a cd and put it out so i put out the first one then it was six years till live in new york city i know and then i was waiting tom yeah i know but i really but i was waiting because i was i really no, no, naive absolutely was thinking look i know i'm good i know i'm going out and, and doing what i'm doing but is it worthy? I wanted people to come and demand it. Right. And, and now the world has changed. And it's like, no, if you don't put it out, if you wait six years, they're going to think you're no longer a comedian. They're going to think, well, where the hell are you? And look, six years was a very long time, but I don't think there's anything wrong with doing every two years. Yeah. You know, because I, th- I hear a lot of specials by a lot of good people, a lot of friends of mine. And you know, in another year, this would be so much better. Like, these are the stuff that's out there is really strong, and there's guys at different levels and whatever, but you know, just look, there's no way around it. Every comic I talk to from Seinfeld on down, you know that some, the longer bit is around, the better it gets. I don't know why it is, it's subtle things, confidence, tiny, tiny tweaks, even when you're not working on it, subtle, your subconscious is working on it when you're on stage. And there is a, a bit, all of a sudden, three years in, it becomes a masterpiece because it just hung around. Right. And there were, with cranking out an hour, I'm so tired of people saying my hour, my hour, my hour. It's like, right. it's a, like, a, like a mathematic equation is like my <laughs> hour. And no, how about what you have to say? And if you say it in 40 minutes, that's great. If it takes you two hours to say, well, it's fine. How about it's just your work? Right. And let it breathe get good don't make put out an album of great premises put out an album of great stand-up do you think though sometimes uh i feel like they're they're pressured either by
1: agents or managers or you know if if they're getting you know even informally developed by you know comedy central it's like well you know you did x y and z now you do you know now you do the hour
0: there is pressure and there's pressure even when you're successful you know like watching um my good pal daniel tosh yeah and he's a brilliant comic and he did his thing goes on tour puts out a special and he know and now this is a unique thing because he has real rabid fans that are going to show up who've watched that special 20 times and now they see him walk out on stage he needs a new set yeah or else they're going to be a little unhappy and it's going to be stale So if you get into that cycle, but how many guys are in that cycle? Honestly. Yeah. Very few. Handful. Yeah, Very few. For the rest of us to think, all of this audience has seen my stuff. (laughs) This whole audience has... I mean, you know, I did a gig a couple of weeks ago just in this little theater in Connecticut. And just as the rhythm of the thing, I popped out a joke, an old joke about getting fat. It's that... uh, if you're if you're married you can get you don't have to stay in shape you can get as fat as you want That's right the finish line it's like i love you you love me we can't have sex with other people let's eat a chocolate let's cake. eat a
1: chocolate cake right
0: <laughs> a nice little joke yeah and i just broke that out which i would never haven't done in five years because i'm all about getting the new stuff and going to the, that joke killed like no other joke in that set and it realized these people don't know every Tom Papa joke. Sure. These people are here for a night of stand up. They like me from whatever else they've seen me. And even if they have heard it, they've heard it maybe once on TV or yeah. once something. On they've never seen it live. Right. So there seems to be this obsession. And look, I think this is all because of Louie. Yeah. And his I fault. It's he really kicked the door open. It was like, oh, all right. What do you got? <laughs> are you going and everyone's like oh my god we all have to do it we all have to try and do it. but look there's different paces to different people but
1: carlin was doing it every two years
0: carlin was doing it every two years every
1: and louis doing years. it every
0: one <laughs> other people are doing it every one and and look louis a veteran and louis knows what he's doing and louis can do it look my last one this is one, one that's coming out now is it's only two years and right. it's better than my last one for sure uh, but I now you know what you're doing. For all these people that are coming up and they just shoot their half hour, and now they're going to spend on an hour, and now they have to just go out on tour and they're try and. You can do that at 20 years. Louis 20 years in the business, right. 25 years. I mean, that's a long time. He's a master of what he does. He can get away with that. Someone that's been doing it eight years, forget it. I guarantee you that your second hour is going to be weak if you put it out in, in two years. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're Chappelle or one of those unique right, savants.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah, you have to. It takes a lot of maturity to just let things marinate and, and, yeah. and just and be patient. Be patient.
0: Look, there is pressure, and it's not just from Louis. Louis created that model, but there's also the cultures change where we digest stuff quickly. How many times you sit there with your iPhone and you're like, "I know what new music is there? What I just want new. I want new. Yeah. What new movie? What new show? What new? Give me new. And remember, when you had when I had Pink Floyd, The Wall. <laughs> When I was in sixth grade and we got that album, my friend and I, we, I still have it. It's still in my apartment. I mean, we carried that thing around like it was a, like a, a relative, <laughs> like, a, like a weird relative that we, you just hung around and every once in a while I took him out and realized why you loved him. Right. I don't do that with the music I digest now. Yeah. You know, it's all just hidden in my phone. I scroll through and I find, you know, Mumford and Sons. And I loved it when I came out. And I was like, where's their new stuff? Why haven't they given me anything new? <laughs> like two weeks later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's part of the culture. And artistically, I think we're all feeling that. Yeah. We're feeling like we have to put out a lot of product. You've got to put it out there. Yeah. So maybe that, you know, maybe it changes what stand up actually is. And maybe it should be this more of an experience where I sit with this comic and. It's okay that it's not super, super tight, but I enjoy him and I enjoy where he's going and his mind is taking us into this place right now. And maybe it's not that tight, tight classic model, but it's still interesting and poetic. Maybe that's where we're headed. Maybe it's just going to open up and go that way. It may, it may. I don't know. But I think, look, there's merits to to both of it, I guess. But this last one I did in in two years... And, you know, now I'm working on all this other stuff and it's probably another bunch of material, you know, two years. Probably if you've got your game together, could probably make sense.
1: I think that's I think that's a good uh, I think that's a good amount of time where you start missing the comedian, but you don't think he's dead.
0: Right. (laughs) I think I think the way that you're saying, like, you don't like watching it as much sitting down and watching like you like to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something to that. And I also think there's something to, uh, being shorter than an hour, like a nice, wouldn't it be nice? Like in between waiting for a big special of Chris Rock, yeah, that Chris Rock puts out a real tight 20.
1: That would be interesting.
0: You know, like a real tight chock full of jokes. Like an EP.
1: Yeah. A comedy
0: EP. Wouldn't that be cool? Like you get these little doses rather, who wants to sit for an hour? An hour. We won't watch a YouTube video for more than a minute thirty, maybe two minutes. If you get two minutes, it's like an epic. I mean, if it's good, I
1: want an hour. I got to be honest with you. You do,
0: yeah. You want the full thing.
1: I want the full thing you because think
0: it's the proper arc is an hour.
1: I, th- I definitely nothing shorter than forty five. Right. A- any, any, any. Other than that you're being ripped off. Not ripped off, but I, you know, I I, like to me an album, a new release, something like a big. I like the big project because it's a it's a um, it's a line on the on the chronology. Right. It's this is where he's at. You know, a a decent representation of uh, you know where that person's at. And that's a good point. And and then I get very. uh, I mean, I'm an anxious person to begin with. I get. I get. Anxious when there's too many things going on. So like, what Chris Rock released twenty minutes? Shit! Now I ha- now I have to listen to that and like right. see and what he's going to do that again. Like you know, <laughs> right. uh, but like and then it's like I don't know that that might be like the OCD the 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 anxiousness in me. Like I I like a neat yeah special special so I could reference that in my mind. Right.
0: No, that's a good point. You yeah, I mean like Prince would put sneak out like. A song or two But you were waiting for Purple Rain Right (laughs) Right
1: Yeah Yeah if Chris Rock started dropping like You know 10 minutes 20 minutes here and there I I think I would I'm like what Now I have to I have to listen to this I have to digest it I have to review it I have to I have to say something You know Halfway intelligent about it (laughs) Right
0: And yeah when they do a late night spot It's five minutes Right But that's a different thing Yeah that's a Do you still watch Stand up spots like that?
1: Uh, on, on television,
0: yeah, I usually watch them the night after, right um, you record everything if there 's a comic on it, you 'll buzz to it
1: i I mean I just I just go online everything's yeah everything 's online, you know Conan puts everything up almost, yeah. almost immediately and all the other shows do the same thing. Yeah. Um, speaking of Chris Rock, I just interviewed uh, Sherry Shepard, who is a lovely human being. I'd never talked to her before. Yeah, she's uh, really cool. And she likes you a lot. She mentioned you. Yeah. Because she's in Chris Rock's new movie, and she said that you will be making an appearance. Yeah.
0: I'm in new Chris Rock's movie. <laughs> yeah,
1: don't. Uh, I'm looking at Tom know. right now. He's... <laughs> I He's about ha- to play with a, a fire
0: alarm. I'm stretching back and I have my arm <laughs> over my head and I'm just like playing with what I thought was an outlet on the wall. It's literally the fire alarm. <laughs> uh, Sherry Shepard, yeah, she's really pretty uh, unique because she, I knew she was a comic, but I didn't know to what regard. And I also didn't know, you see her on The View, so you figure she's not out there touring. Yeah. And then she was doing a special. She just started popping up at the cellar. Yeah. And killing killing. Yeah. And all the comics were like she's good, which meant that, you know, she wasn't killing for bad reasons. Right. And all the audience was going nuts. And then uh yeah, we had a table read for Chris Rock's new movie and uh I walk in and we were sitting next to each other. I was like, "Ah, we meet again. This is pretty cool. She's uh yeah, she has her act together." She, yeah. You know, she's- I love those people like that that you know, you get into the com- you know more than most. You're in the comedy world, there's this community. And then you have these people that are kind of in their own orbit. Yeah. There's not many working comedians who are host of The View doing their own specials <laughs> yeah. and doing stand. You know what I mean? That's yeah. her. She's really created her own little. Uh, yeah,
1: she's a little media <laughs> empire. She's written a book. She's Yeah. She's, she's doing it. But yeah, she mentioned, I didn't know that you were in that. What, are you yeah. going to do like a little. I'm a big
0: movie star now, Dylan. I don't I, know. I listen,
1: that. I, I understand you are.
0: Yeah. But, you know. You know, Matt Damon didn't just walk into my radio show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am an actor.
1: Is this a role role or do you, or is it more it's of a, a... small role. Yeah. It's
0: just more like a cameo. I just kind of come in and uh, play this crazy fan. It's all about... It's really Chris, Chris's life, basically. Yeah. It's a different character, but it's about a guy who, uh, who was a really funny uh, comedic actor and then gets serious and everybody wants him to come back to comedy. And yeah. There's other things in his life going on and he when he's dealing with the fame and going around and promoting this artistic film, he runs into like all the numb nuts interviewers like yourself, fans like <laughs> myself. And, you know, he actually, he goes to serious exam and all this kind of stuff. And, and I, I'm one of the people he runs into one of the unpleasant people he runs into during it, but uh, it's good. It's really good. And Scott Rudin's directing it. And, yeah. That's yeah, huge. It, it could be it, definitely there's, there's something to that script for sure.
1: And now that's not. Is that. I, that's shooting in New York, right? That is. I
0: think they're just starting this week, actually. And so. But you're going to LA for other things. Yeah. I'm. Uh, you know, my. Uh, my boring. The most boring part of my life is my nonstop blathering about New York and LA. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm like. I'm like a bad comedian from the 70s on Tonight Show. You know what the difference between New York and L.A. is? I can't stop. I come from here. I'm, I live here, in New York. This is my, my home, my artistic uh, uh, fuel, everything. Mm-hmm. And then L.A. is this place where I went when I had my first TV show. I ended up staying for about six, seven years doing stuff. And, it's, and there's a lot of work out there, and there's a lot of cool stuff, and that's where I became a world-renowned renowned movie star. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and there's a house, and there's, a, there's trees, and there's, a, there's bikes and hula hoops, and my kids really like that stuff. yeah So we're going back uh, in a couple of weeks for the next school year so the kids can be kids. Oh, nice. You know, they're sitting here in New York, and the older one really, really digs it, but the little one's just like, what are we doing? Seriously. This place smells. I can't. Uh, You want me to swim in a fountain? That's my summer? Really? This is what you're giving me? The dirty fountain? I've got to go dance in that with next to this homeless man. Why are we here? I can't go to bars. I can't go to restaurants. I'm eight. What do you want from me in Manhattan? So we're going to go back there for a little bit. So, the
1: little, the, the little girl is eight, and how yeah. old's the, the oldest? Eleven. All right. Yeah, so they're like... They're, they're people. Like, yeah, they're they like real people.
0: They have their own luggage. They wheel stuff around. Yeah. They... I don't... Yeah, they're kind of their own thing now. They're not good at packing, but they can wheel their <laughs> luggage. <laughs> we went on vacation, and they opened it up, and there's just like a Curious George and some magnets. <laughs> it's like, really? You didn't even think about socks or underwear? I hope you like that bathing suit, because you're going to wear it a lot.
1: Don't you, didn't you help them pack? No, you, dude, you, let, you let an 11 and an 8-year-old pack themselves? Yeah, you have, what do you have? I have a 4 and a half year old and a guy who's about to turn 2. Right, so you know.
0: Yeah. When you I, pack, you're packing for everybody, you're carrying all that stuff. Yeah. Do that for another four years another five eight years you're gonna be done once you see him <laughs> wheel his luggage you're like all right you're that's on it. your own i'll meet you in the car <laughs> <laughs> that's it it's enough let them be people
1: yeah no all right i uh, i i don't doubt that that's where i'm gonna be you'll Interfer- help him in a few years i'll help a little bit a little bit you'll be tired i'm tired now i yeah. i'm, I'm It's a lot of work. There's a lot of days where, and my wife uh, does most everything, and I'm still tired. Yeah. Because I'm a horrible person.
0: No, you're not. (laughs) You're a human being who has a job, and you're out there (laughs) hustling, and then you come home to an even harder work environment. And maybe you're not the president of that company. Maybe you're just a worker bee. Yeah. But it's still, you're still on the clock. The only time you're relaxing is when you're literally passed out. Yeah. That's it. And then these, look, we're doing this interview. I knew because you had kids. I was like, we can get this interview done at nine in the morning. Yeah. Because we're both have been up for a long time. <laughs> this is the middle of anyone else's day. I mean, really, this is, uh, this, yeah, it's hard. I mean, I
1: left. Yeah. I was, go- I was in the city two and a half hours before I needed to be. Yeah. Because I'm in- insane and don't want to be late. And also because, and, up, uh, and I'm up. Might as well go do it. I'm just going to go.
0: And look i don 't know what your dad was like, but my dad was part of that generation where he worked and did not deal with the other mm-hmm. stuff he didn't he didn 't look at his home as like another place of work. he looked at his that 's the place where people shut up when I walk in because <laughs> i 'm tired from working right and then he would relax you know're we 're in it, yeah, even if you don 't look my wife is the same she does everything, but i 'm still hustling around and being asked to go do all these events and do all this other stuff and it's, it's a time suck. It, you know, it's a mental, physical draining thing. If you're going to be a good parent, you're going to be in it. Yeah. You know, and we're in it. We're the generation that's in it.
1: We really, yeah, we really are. I mean, my dad was definitely, uh, he was much more hands on than, than a lot of other fathers. So, you know, I learned from, he was very sensitive type of guy. Right. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to, trying to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean the 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 whole stretch that you do that you did on the the last special just was so comforting to me about you know it, you're in the kitchen you're drinking so much you know you're drinking more now and it's not like the fun type of drinking right. it's Stand I mean that 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 stuff. sort of c- comedy like just comforts me so much because I know it's like I like I'm not I'm not alone right and it's and it's okay right and maybe I'm not a horrible person for you know <laughs> feeling like I do not want to bathe my kids you know I'll, I'll get the option my wife will be like do you want to bathe the kids or clean the kitchen and do the dishes I'm I'm like, I'll, I'll clean the kitchen. I can control what goes on in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the dishwasher is not going to, uh, hit me in the face
0: (laughs) or, or start screaming. I can think about (laughs) my work while I'm doing it. No, I know. I, yeah, I had those, you know, my wife reads to, uh, had read to the older one and now the younger one. She reads to them every night and, uh. It's been a handful of times when I sat in there and read. Right. And she just loves it so much, and she's so good at it, and that's their time together. And I don't have to feel like I'm a bad person because I'm not doing all of it. Right. I do my things, you know. But you can't feel guilty about it. We're so over it. We just have too much time on our hands. When people didn't have that much money in the country... And we're hustling and everyone was working on You they didn't even sit and think about their kids' feelings. Right. And how, am I reading enough to him? And is he gonna remember this? It was we gotta I gotta work and get we're not gonna be able to pay them more. Right. Or my gotta, kids are gonna die. Yeah, or they're gonna die. Shut up. Everyone shut up. I'm freaking out. Just shut the hell up. I'm losing my mind. You guys don't see the bank account. I do. We're going down. Everybody shut the hell up. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Yeah. So anyway, so my kids are, uh, we're going to go to LA, and hopefully I'll do some more, uh, more film and TV while I'm there. And, you know, that's where I ran into Soderbergh, and that's where I ran into Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and that's where I did a lot of uh, work for The Tonight Show. And a lot of it is really, as much as you want to be cool and be in New York and you know, when they, when they want me, they'll come get me. was the, a lot of the attitude mm-hmm. as I was with Craig Robinson and he's like, yeah, but when they're in, when you're in LA and they're like, we want to see you tomorrow at three. Right. You can go see them yeah. tomorrow at three. And you know, and you're meeting a lot of really creative people out there. That's why I'm excited to do the radio show out there. There's so many great people out there, you know, that are just, Kyle Dunnigan's of the world and the yeah. Jackie Cations and Maria Bamford's and all these people that aren't on regular shows of the regular basis but are kick-ass talent and they're all out there and you know I, it's just as creative you can get lulled into well New York is the more creative place and for my nature it is for my writing but you can't deny that there's a lot of great stuff comedically coming out of there Yeah, and so I'm going to go be a part of that for a, for a little bit and I'll always be back and forth, but that's where I'm headed.
1: Yeah, I think that's a healthy attitude. I mean, you can't, you can't discount an entire coast. No, because you like hanging around. I don't know. Because you s- like smelly sidewalks. And, <laughs> I mean, I love New York, but uh,
0: no, you know, yeah, and look, and it's all how you work it too, you know. There's, there are people who go out there and stop being comedians. There's a lot of that. There's a disease of that. Yeah. Of people who go out and they get a job writing on something or doing whatever. And then they their stand-up goes away. And I don't want that to happen. That won't happen for me. But uh, that is the disease out there. Because, you know, here the energy makes you go out of your apartment. Right. You're sitting inside. You feel the hum. And it's like, I should be out doing spots because... That's right what I do in this. and
1: there's so many places and it's and it's yeah. I mean you, could do, you LA, could do a lot
0: you know I'm sitting there in LA all the neighbors lights are going out at 9 o'clock <laughs> and it's like and my kids are all going to sleep and it's like should I be going I should just <laughs> screw it let's have a second martini and <laughs> Stay in the night. It'll be all right. We'll go out on the weekend. And then you're down to like two spots a week. And right. You're like, it's good though. We're living our life. And it's like, no, you don't have a life. You're a comedian.
1: Yeah. The energy is, is definitely different. I mean, I remember, I mean, I don't know if you still do this, but I remember you like headlining at Gotham. And then like between your headlining <laughs> sets going, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, a few dozen blocks down to the cellar. Yeah. So you do a 45 minute to an hour set at the uh, Gotham and then do a 10 minute spot at the cellar and then come
0: back to I Gotham. And- <laughs> what the?
1: Yeah. Like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> know, right. Exactly. I remember running into Mitch Hedberg. I was thinking about it this morning, actually. I don't know why. But I ran into Mitch Hedberg at the at stand up New York and I was like panic because I got to go from stand New York. I got it all the way downtown to my next spot and I'm running out of time and I got to figure and then I got to come back up here and, you know, for another one and that's a big commute and Mitch was just there with his drink just at the bar going, yeah, I'm, I'm one spot a night, a night is good for me. I'm, I'm good with that. I don't, why do I need more than one? And I was like, you can do that? <laughs> well, you could do that if you're Mitch Hedberg. And the rest of your life is interesting, and you're coming up with all this right. brilliant <laughs> stuff because you're crazy, crazy good. I was like, I always felt like, no, I'm going to treat this like like a a, a shift at UPS. Right. I'm going to work so super hard so I can. So I can have the opportunities that Mitch has just from being crazy, off the charts comedy alien. <laughs> I'm gonna just work super super hard so I can hang out in the same orbit as this guy. <laughs> so when I'm in LA, I uh, it's I, I hustle it up too, but it's more of a, you know get in the car. I'll do I'll do the improv in the Laugh Factory, right? You know, which isn't a real killer, or I'll do. Comedy Magic Club, and then come back up and do the laugh action on my way home. And I think the big thing, the big mental thing for me is not to be too picky about where I go. If you get picky out there about where you're going to go, you're not going to work that much. So, good crowds, bad crowds, good clubs, bad clubs, whatever. I just kind of make sure you line it up and and go do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be good. And then my kids will have hula hoops again. Hula hoops are good. Yeah.
1: My kids are just starting get in, to get into hula hoops.
0: Yeah. Have you done it yet? Showing them how to do it? No. Your hips don't go? I'm going to try. Today. Today's the day. Th- There's nothing funnier than a dad that can't <laughs> hula hoop. It's like just putting it on a, on a <laughs> broom handle. <laughs> and trying to, Maybe I'll good. practice a little bit by myself <laughs> yeah.
1: first. And I'll be like, yeah, I'll show you how to do it.
0: Do you feel like it's summer? Do you uh, feel like it's summertime? Like since you, when you're not in school and stuff, do you do you feel like hey it's summer, or do you feel like it's just one year and it's a little hotter?
1: I um, this year I think is the first time in a long time I feel it's summer, um, mostly because we now have we're renting a house in New Jersey, um, actually <laughs> that you live in that we live that you're in vacation. Oh, no, no, no. We live in a... In an, oh, you're in, renting a
0: house. Oh, you have yeah. gone from an apartment to a house.
1: Correct. Okay. We owned a uh, a two-bedroom condo gotcha. uh, that is now worthless. and Congratulations. Yeah, it's completely <laughs> worthless. So we left it. Uh, <laughs> Just walked out? We pretty much walked well, out. Where in, was it? Uh, in, in Hackensack. <laughs> why is it worthless? Um, well, the the exterior of the building was not kept up properly and there is now 1.2 million dollars worth of damages and because the management company prior to this management company fucked up so bad they have no money so whereas in a normal condo building they'll assess you a little bit of money right but they have a pool of money to begin with they had no money so they literally assessed me thirty six thousand dollars lump sum and they were like, "So we need this money, oh, and God. everybody's gonna chip in." And they gave like no assurances, no like receipt, nothing. They're like, "Just Shh. give us money." So we were like, "F this!" So we got a lawyer, and we walked out, and we're dealing with it. And wow, what a nightmare! So yeah, it's, it's... so now you're in a house. So now we're renting a house, which is so much better, which is great. Uh, be- a little yard. We have a yard, and we have neighbors that we love. Right. And I never wanted a house. I was like, I love condo living, townhouse maybe, but we have a yard. We could let the kids out. It's great. The the, the kids go out. The other kids next door hear them, and they just come over. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. This is is
0: normal life. This is nice. Yeah, it is good. It's good for a while. So now you feel like, because the kids are walking around with popsicles, it feels That's right.
1: It feels like summer. My wife literally has the sprinkler going. They're running through the sprinkler. (laughs) And I'm like, God damn it, this is quaint. (laughs)
0: This is summer living. They're
1: running through the sprinkler. They have ice pops.
0: I feel like that's, I don't, I think you really have to, uh, I think it's important to realize it's summer and be like, no, this is, we're supposed to screw around a little bit. Yeah. I mean, look, I work really hard and work all the time. And, but, you should crack out a popsicle, and you should screw <laughs> off and go to a movie for the air conditioning. And yeah, you should, it is summer. You should screw around and go to the beach, and get drunk in the middle of the day. I am gonna. I'm planning on doing. We have a porch. Oh my god, I can't. Ah, the porch. The porch is. I have a porch too. That's I, a good thing. I
1: never not want a porch now. Do you
0: smoke cigars? No. Do you like cigars? No, but I'm willing to try, Tom. You I should don't try it. I'll do anything. Think of yourself as Thomas <laughs> Jefferson looking over Monticello. Just you're sitting out there. It's, everyone's asleep. And you just sitting out there by yourself for a little bit, maybe you have the iPad on the side, and just crank out a cigar, even if you just puff once in a while. It's a very soothing, there's a reason that tobacco became very popular. Does it really?
1: <laughs> does it like, yeah, it soothes relax,
0: you? Yeah, relax, it soothes you, yeah. I'm trying to find a good, I and know It wires y- you a little bit. Oh, it does? A little bit, but not like a caffeine buzz, but... It's very relaxing. So I know you're a martini
1: drinker, and I'm yeah. and constantly asking people who are adults and and drink adult yeah. drinks what to drink to, like, relax and calm
0: down. To relax you.
1: What what, what do you like exactly? I really, I
0: really like, uh, yeah, I really like vodka. I really like martinis. That's like the five o'clock, the classic cocktail hour kind of thing. One, having one is really, like, if you if you if you have one. It's a nice little buzz, you're happier, you're relaxed, the day kinda of drips off you. You go two, now you're getting uh, you now you're getting into the not wasted, but you're right. You're changing it. I'm you know? a,
1: and, and I have a very low tolerance. Yeah,
0: so one, one like little one. So when
1: you say vodka martini, I literally
0: I'm I'm a horrible I, one, I know I know nothing about Kettle drinking. Kettle shaker with a bunch of ice, you, you put a first you put a tiny drop of vermouth in okay. martini rossi little green bottle. A drop in there, put it in and dump it out. Keep the ice, so it just coated the ice a little bit, then just throw in a little three-count of Kettle One. Shake, 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 till it gets so cold that you can't hold it. Right. And then just pour that into a glass, drop an olive in it, and relax like a grown-up.
1: So ice first,
0: Put the, and then the uh, vermouth. In. The vermouth, shake it. Dump, dump it dump, out. Du- keep the ice in, just dump the liquid dump out. Dump the liquid which out. very little. And then, uh, yeah, and then vodka. And a three-count. Yep. And uh, sit there like a gentleman with a nice glass, and uh, eventually the kids learn how to shake it for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, you, so you're not kidding when you say the, your daughter makes a mean drink. No, she likes the,
0: she likes <laughs> she she thinks it's a shaker. <laughs> she thinks it's like a uh, mariachi thing. That's right? amazing. Uh, what do you call it? So yeah, and uh, and then you just have one. A little later in the evening, if you skip the cocktail hour and you just it's later and you just want to sit back and relax, uh, a little scotch, just a little scotch in a glass and uh, just gently sip it uh-huh. as you're just hanging out. Add nothing, not a Add like a, a not an eyedropper
1: of water. Nothing,
0: nothing. Just pour a little. And little what do you minute. what do you uh, what do you prefer uh, brand wise? I like uh, Lefroy is really good. Okay, and. Uh, uh, okay, is really good. It's like a peaty kind of a smell. It's like it feel like it came from like a cave. It's kind of uh, peat mossy and uh, really good.
1: I think I may have tried that. Michael O'Brien, yeah. your publicist. Yeah. I think he, he might have given you Because I was asking the same question. No, not giving me a bottle. No. Uh-huh. No, but we, we were at a place and we had a. It's good. It's and really I, good. I
0: really enjoyed it. It's really good. It's very soothing, and that's like a nice little and the thing about those kind of things is they're really uh, well made. So even if you have two, you're not hungover. And then you wake up just like normal waking up. You know, right. like dusting off like a Budweiser <laughs> hangover. <laughs> really, there's a book out called uh, I think it's called I always screw up the name of it. Martin Amos is a uh, great writer, and his father was a great writer. I forget his name, something Amos, of course. And he wrote, he was like this English, uh, uh, like, gentleman, kind of like a Hemingway kind of a drinker. So he wrote a book called On Drinking, which is not the title, but close enough for you to Google it. And uh, it's all about how to drink like a grown-up, how much to drink of wine, how much to drink of these different alcohols and it's like this really like hardcore I have it on my end table next to Fit for Life which is like I live a healthy life <laughs> I have this book all on drinking like as a grown up and, uh, and it really is good like if you're responsible and handle it the way yeah, you know, yeah, you're not like, a, like, a, like just a dummy just downing stuff right. and you're wasted and then what kind of fun is that so you kind of learn all of these different things the one thing I didn't like uh, is that he's, he really shits on vodka Ah, uh. <laughs> he's really like Kinda of calls it a ladies <laughs> drink basically. <laughs> and I was like, that's what I drink all the time. I like, but I can't drink gin, it's not good for me. I don't I don't have the same fun.
1: Well I think you've given me uh, this is this has been very educational. I appreciate it. Yeah your, your well, input. you're a man with a
0: house. I know. And it's summertime. You should be doing something. I should. Yeah. Take care of yourself. You're the dad. <laughs> you're the leader. You've made these people, Dylan. And you are their leader. Oh. So you've got to act like it.
1: I am so not their leader.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tom, uh, it has been
1: wonderful speaking with you. Uh, It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a busy dude.
0: Yep. Uh, And uh, thank you for life advice, for drinking advice. I think we've covered a lot of good ground. I hope I was funny enough. I hope I was interesting enough. And uh, I think I was. Sorry for the coughing. Yeah, that's... Do you smoke? You don't smoke any cigarettes?
1: Never in my life.
0: I've smoked weed maybe
1: five times in my life. Yeah. Again, willing to, willing to do it. So you're uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> ready to go. I'm ready to go. Just start with the vodka and we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just never... I, uh, well, you know, you can't... That, don't worry about that. Just, <laughs> drink, just drink like a gentleman. Just there's, drink. There's a reason, that, there's a reason <laughs> that the 5 o'clock cocktail hour for parents has, has stayed in the culture for as long as it has. Because it really, really works really does the job and enables you to still be responsible while you do it yeah so embrace that for a little bit and we'll talk after the summer
1: all right good deal tom thank you enjoy your life and there you have it thanks again to tom papa for spending some time with me and thanks to you guys for tuning into the laugh spin podcast i really do appreciate it and remember be sure to tune in to epics or epicshd.com on July 26th at 10 p.m. Eastern to watch Tom's new special Freaked Out. You will not be sorry you did. And if you haven't already subscribed to the Laughspin Podcast, please do so on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or TuneIn.com. If you'd like to get in touch with me, feel free to drop me a line at Dylan at laughspin.com. That's D-Y-L-A-N at laughspin.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at laughspin.com and on Facebook and Tumblr and of course you should also be checking out laughspin.com every day many times a day for a constant stream of info on the world of comedy thanks guys we'll see you next time on the laughspin podcast see ya.